0: A few years ago, I had an appointment with a young lady in her 20s who was struggling with her faith. She was kind of losing it. I don't know if losing it would be the right word. She couldn't figure out why it was important. And I'll never forget what she asked me one day that, while she was sitting there. I still see her before me and asking me this very simple question. She said, Father, what is all this stuff about being saved? I mean, what do you need to be saved? Why? this big, saved, why? We're fine. And ever since then, I remember her as an emblem of the kind of people or the stage at which people are when they don't get it. They don't get it. And I don't, and I think everybody kind of goes through this. Because when I was growing up, I didn't get it at all. Uh, My mom and dad were Catholic. I was brought up in a Catholic Church, went to Catholic school, and I still remember the nuns and the priests, you know, when I was a junior and senior in high school, telling me that God loved me and that Jesus died for me, and that he came to save me. And of course, I used to sit down and i I would shut up. I didn't want to contradict, but in my interiorly, So, God loves me. That's nice. It's very nice. Jesus died for me. I didn't ask him to do that. I don't know what the heck he was doing. Why? Why? He died to save me. Save me from what? In those days, I had hair. In those days, I was fairly popular in high school. I was uh, going about my life with the ladies and uh, life was good, living with my mom and dad and thinking that life is going to be like that for the rest of eternity. God, I didn't need to be saved at all. And ever since then, now that I've grown up and now that I am in the uh, downside skate of my life, I see the whole trajectory of how dense I was and I still I work a lot with young people and I see them and I try to let them know because you see it is very clear to me that unless you're in trouble you will have little appreciation for this whole notion of being saved. It will be nice. I always, I think I've said this to you before, but I'll repeat it, just in case you haven't heard it. If you're swimming in a swimming pool, and you're having a great time with your friends, and the lifeguard jumps in, says, I'm here to save you. What do you, how do you react? You say, Well, thank you. I I appreciate the thought. Thank you. But I'm okay. And as that lifeguard leaves, you turn to your friends and you go, "Mm, a little off. But now imagine five minutes later, you are alone in the pool in the deep end swimming, and for some reason you get paralyzed from the neck down and you begin to drown. The same guy jumps in, swims over to you, and says the same thing. I'm here to save you. It's the same message. It's the same guy. What has changed? You have just come face to face with death. You have come face to face with with the fact that the thing of the, the rhythm of life that you thought was, you intellectually knew you were going to die someday, but ooh, never even took that seriously. And all of a sudden, it becomes extremely present to you. Now, why am I saying this? Yesterday, I was in the car, and um, I decided, okay, well, it's about a week. From Christmas it's time for me to start listening to Christmas music. I normally don't look listen to it until about a week before and I turned on i think it's a radio station ninety nine point one FM and they play all christian uh, all Christmas music. but I found myself the first song was wonderful. It was the first Noel. But then after that came Rudolph. And after that came Santa Claus is Coming Tonight. And then they played three Santa Claus songs. And I found myself getting angry because I couldn't understand how these people, how, 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 I don't know how to say it, how we could come from the birth of the person or the power who is rescuing me from death to talk about a fat man who's bringing with a reindeer with a red nose who's bringing presence. And I found myself thinking, how can people live like that? But I remember, I lived exactly like that. So, here's my, this is going to be extremely short homily. Extremely, I, I bet you didn't think I could ever give a short homily. But I can. Today's one of them. can see you still don't believe me. I just want you to understand what's about to happen, and I I want to challenge you to listen to religious music this week, to uh, maybe get a playlist going on iTunes or whatever you do. And to only choose those songs which literally proclaim the gospel. And I want you to spend the week understanding what we're about to celebrate. Folks, it's really amazing. I think when I look around at this crowd, I see a lot of gray hair. A lot. And those of us who have gray hair or no hair at all, you know what it's like that death is approaching. You know what it's like that everything you care about in life is about to be destroyed. As yesterday I visited two people who are in their final stages of dying of cancer. And the birth of the Savior was extremely present to me because I could see the human condition smack in front of me. And I understand what what this is all about, and yet I feel so sad that the culture has turned this momentous occurrence of our rescue, our rescue from the human condition, which is ultimately, you know, I describe it as, imagine you're building a house, and someone says to you, in the middle of your effort of building a house, by the way, on the day you don't even ring a expect it, I'm going to come and burn your house down. How would you feel every time you keep on constructing the house? Well, that is exactly, my friends, what's going to happen. Because the day you least think about it, you're going to get a diagnosis or you're going to get by car. And on that day, everything that you and I have worked for, is going to be burned down to the crisp. And the question is, why go on? The great philosophers have always stated that. Why the hell go on? If there is no hope, if there is nothing, if life is just one giant circle going nowhere. But you see, that's the good news that's the good news that life is not one giant carousel going nowhere that we're on the road and that yes we're going to die but a savior is born someone who will come and literally lift you out of the tomb and that is why we have a holy day of Christmas. That's why we rejoice. So this week, I just challenge you, don't listen to any Santa Claus songs or Rudolph songs. Make yourself a playlist and make it of all religious songs. And make sure to include my favorite. My favorite Christmas song is O Holy Night. I'll just say one verse and listen to this verse, the beauty of this verse and the theology of this verse. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. That, my friends, the beginning of that and the rest of the song is is a message that sends to you the center of why Christmas is worth celebrating. Of why we fill the whole place with lights in the middle of darkness. Because lights in the middle of darkness is telling you that there is hope. That there is hope in the future. That everything we've cared about is not going to end up in flames. I don't know about you, but being 73 years old, that's a really big big deal for me. A really big one. And so, I just challenge you for that. For this final week of Christmas. Don't listen to Santa Claus music. Listen only to religious music. And when the the day of Christmas comes, think about what you're celebrating. Because literally, what good would life have been to us if Christ had not been born? as our Redeemer. Short hop.